Revelation 12 and verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he was cast onto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness into her place, where she is nourished for a time, and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Amen. There is a verse in the Old Testament, it's Jeremiah 30 and verse 7, you don't have to turn to it, but this is what it says, Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it, it is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. The time of Jacob's trouble. That's what's being described in Revelation chapter 12. The time of Jacob's trouble, that's the a title we could give to the message this morning. The time of Jacob's trouble. Because what's happening in Revelation chapter 12 is that there's a great outbreak of anti-Semitism. Hatred of the Jewish people. And it's all instigated by the dragon. The devil, we would say. He instigates this awful period of persecution of the Jews. We all know, of course, that Hitler persecuted the Jews during the Second World War, during the Holocaust. I was disappointed that I wasn't able to be here last Sunday because you know that we were planning to speak on the Holocaust and those two men who took their stand against Hitler, Bonhoeffer and Nimmler. Two Christian pastors who defied the Nazis and took their stand and uh, helped to save Jews from, uh, from the gas chambers and from the Holocaust. But that was circumstances and um, in the sovereignty of God it wasn't to be last Sunday. But hopefully in uh, the future we'll be able to come back and look at those two men because it's important to consider them. And it's important to remember our forefathers who took their stand in bygone days. But during the Holocaust, Hitler wiped out one-third of the world's Jews. One-third of Jews worldwide were murdered during the Second World War. We would think that surely that could never be repeated. Surely something as horrendous as that would never ever happen again. Surely we would learn from history. But the, but the lesson that, uh, and, and the reality of it is that, that man doesn't learn from history. Fallen man just doesn't learn from history. And actually what's going to happen at the end of the age is that there's going to be another holocaust and it's going to be an even greater holocaust because 
when, when we come to the great tribulation that's described in Revelation chapter 12, we find that the Antichrist wipes out two-thirds of the world's Jews. He outdoes Hitler even. Two-thirds of worldwide Jewry will be annihilated. Two-thirds of the population of the Jewish population on this planet will be wiped out during the Great Tribulation. And that's what's being described for us in Revelation chapter 12. This awful period, the worst period ever in the history of the world for anti-Semitism. First of all, it's anti-Semitism toward the Jews in general. Now look with me at verse 13 again. Revelation 12 verse 13. Here's the time of Jacob's trouble being described in the New Testament. Revelation chapter 12 verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he was cast onto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. So the dragon is the devil. We've already um, worked that out. And it says that he persecuted the woman. You remember a few weeks ago we said the woman represents Israel. She represents the Jewish people. And so here's the devil and he's persecuting the Jews. And the reason he persecutes them is because they brought forth the man-child, the Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ came from the Jews. He came from the people of Israel. That's why we should love them, by the way. That's why we should have a great affection for the Jewish people, because from them came the Savior. And this is why the devil hates them with a, a venomous hatred. The greatest anti-Semite is Satan himself. And he persecutes the woman which brought forth the man-child. Verse 15 con continues this description of the anti-Semitism at the end of the age. Verse 15, And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. The serpent is the same as the dragon that's describing the devil, the adversary, the accuser, the deceiver. And he casts out of his mouth water as a flood. He wants to drown Israel. He wants to drown the Jews, as it were. He wants to overwhelm them. Launch them into oblivion. Make them a thing of the past. He wants to wipe Israel out from under the heaven. And so the serpent, he casts out of his mouth water as a flood. But thank God the scripture tells us that when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And that's what's going to happen at the end of the age as the, as the devil and his cohorts go after Israel and go after the Jews, the Spirit of the Lord will step in and a remnant will be preserved. And we'll come to that later. But I want you to notice here this anti-Semitism and how the devil goes about it. He casts water out of his mouth. The idea is that 
that the devil spews out lies and propaganda about the Jews. That's the uh, the picture here. When you think of the, the mouth, you think of speech, words, and it's the mouth of the serpent here and the mouth of the serpent, he, he spews out his propaganda. And he's going to do it at the end of the age before the Lord returns to the earth again. You remember that during the Second World War that Hitler had his propaganda machine, the Nazi war machine. And it was directed toward the Jews. You remember how the Nazis put up posters all over Germany. All over Europe, the Jews spread typhus. They spread typhoid. These Jews are virus spreaders, plague bearers. The serpent was casting water out of his mouth, trying to destroy the woman, trying to destroy Israel. And he's going to do it again, only to an even greater extent. At the end of the age. Oh the lies and the propaganda. There'll be. It'll be non-stop. And the media. The mainstream media will be the tool of the dragon and the serpent. As he pumps out this flood. Trying to destroy the reputation. Trying to, to turn the world against the Jews. The anti-Semitism. But we're told in verse 14 that there's a place of refuge from this anti-Semitism. Look at verse 14. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle. Two-thirds of the Jews will be wiped out. But one third will survive because the Lord provides a place of safety. There will be a place of, uh, uh, there will be a safe haven for the Jews. The woman, of course, is Israel. We have established that, made that clear already. It says the woman was given two wings of a great eagle. You may have heard, I'm sure you have heard, of the situation out uh, between Russia and Ukraine. The situation there, that's, that's a very, very volatile situation. And the Russians are on the Ukrainian border with their tanks, with their military machine. But Israel has planned to step into the situation because I was just reading a news report this past week that the, the Israeli government have planned to airlift 75,000 Ukrainian Jews to safety if Russia attacks. Now go back to Revelation 12 verse 14 there. Look at the two wings. Two wings of a great eagle. You know I believe this speaks of an airlift to safety, the wings of an aircraft, the Israeli government airlifting Jews to safety, 75,000 of them, 
and the Israeli government are putting in place, putting in motion a plan to bring them to a place of safety. The two wings of a great eagle. The Lord has his ways and means to preserve his ancient people. He has his ways and means to sustain them. Of course, he sustains and preserves his people today, those who are saved, his blood-bought people. And if you're a child of God and you're going through a trial, a fiery trial right now, remember the Lord will sustain you. He will preserve you onto his heavenly kingdom. He will do whatever is necessary to preserve you, to sustain you, to protect you until your work on earth is done. Standing at the graveside on Tuesday, my uncle, who's the minister in Lisnesky, he struck up that lovely old hymn written by James Black, When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, and time shall be no more, and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair, when the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. A great hymn, and it was tremendous just to stand around my father's open grave and to sing that hymn and to know that whenever the trumpet of the Lord does sound, that he'll be raised from the grave, that he'll be caught up, and we'll all be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. But you know, there's one of the verses in that great hymn that, that says this Let us labor for the Master from the dawn till setting sun. Let us tell of all his wondrous love and care. Then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done, when the roll is called up yonder, we'll be there. When our work on earth is done, we all have a work to do for the Lord. And the Lord will preserve us until that work is done. And so the Lord is preserving his people in the midst of the anti-Semitism. At the end of the age, he will preserve a remnant. The Lord, as it were, himself is the great eagle, we could say. He's described in the Old Testament as an eagle. If you turn to Exodus chapter 19 for a moment, turn in your Bible to Exodus 19. Here's the great eagle who brought his people out of Egypt. Exodus 19 and verse 4. Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. The great eagle brought the Jews out of Egypt. He delivered them by the blood of the Lamb, by his mighty power. They were delivered from bondage, physical bondage. They were slaves. But it's possible to be a spiritual slave. It's possible to be in spiritual bondage, isn't it? Wonders are anyone in the service this morning, and that's exactly where you are today. You're a slave to sin. You're in bondage to the devil. I want to tell you the Lord can bring you out of your bondage 
Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Jesus came to set us free. Jesus came to set you free. Are you free? Do you know what freedom is? Glorious freedom, wonderful freedom. No more in chains of sin I repine. Jesus, the great emancipator, now and forever he shall be mine. It's good to be free. People of Israel were free because Jehovah, the great eagle, set them free from Egypt. You go to Deuteronomy 32, verse 11. There you have another reference to the eagle. You see, remember what we're doing. We're taking the key and we're unlocking Scripture with Scripture. We're unlocking Revelation 12 with Deuteronomy 32. Verse 11. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings, so the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. It's describing how the Lord, like a great eagle, cared for the Jews in the wilderness after they had come out of Egypt. The Lord didn't leave them and say, paddle your own canoe. No, the Lord was with them in the wilderness. He led them through the wilderness. He, he met their need. He supplied everything that they needed. And he'll do that for you and for me. Do you feel needy today? Can you think this morning of all the needs that you have? And you're coming for the Lord today empty-handed. Lord, I just can't meet these needs myself. I want to remind you of the God of Israel today. I want to remind you of the great eagle today who supplied the need of his people. In the wilderness, are you going through a wilderness today? A barren experience. The Bible is dry. Prayer is dry. Prayer meetings are difficult. You're in the wilderness. <clears throat> I remember when I was young, I remember we used to sing in our home church, my Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. Strength for today is mine all the way. My Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. Just keep following the Lord through your wilderness. And someday he'll bring you into the promised land, Canaan. Someday he'll bring you home to heaven. It'll be worth it all when we see Jesus. One glimpse of his dear face. All sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Isaiah 40, 31. We'll not take the time to turn to it. We don't really need to turn to it again. Another reference to the eagle. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. We all know that. 
It's a wonderful verse, a wonderful text, a wonderful promise. But sometimes we forget that it actually was speaking of the Babylonian captivity. Whenever the Jews went into exile for 70 years... But the Lord promised that after the 70 years was up that, that they would mount up with wings as eagles and return back to the land of Israel again. He would restore his people. The great eagle would restore his people. He's restoring them to the land today even. Spoke already about those Jews from Ukraine, 75,000 of them. They're about to make what's called Aliyah. It's a Hebrew term. It means to go up, to ascend, to make Aliyah to Israel. And down through recent years and decades, Jews from all across the world, from the, the di diaspora as they're called, Jews all over the world coming back to the land of Israel. And it's, this speaks in verse 14 there. If you go back to Revelation 12, verse 14, it says that, that Israel will be nourished for a time and times and half a time. That's interesting. The Lord is going to preserve a remnant. Yes, though the Antichrist will slay two-thirds of the Jewish population, yet one-third will be preserved. And they will be preserved during this period. It says a time and times and half a time. A time, that means one year. A times, that means two years. And then half a time, half a year, six months. Do your sums, do your maths, and it's three and a half years. The second half of the tribulation, the great tribulation, the tribulation lasts for seven years. During the second half of the tribulation, this flood of anti-Semitism will be unleashed. But the Lord will have a safe haven for his chosen people, for the remnant. In verse 6 of Revelation 12, it describes this period and the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. It's the same period of time, three and a half years. Three and a half years. Now take your key again, that invisible key of Scripture. And where else in the Bible does it talk about three and a half years? Well, during the ministry of Elijah, you remember for three and a half years there was no rain. The Lord Jesus referred to that period in Luke 4 verse 25. But I tell you for truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias when the heaven was shut up three years and six months. When great famine was throughout all the land. In the book of James, chapter 5, verse 17, another reference to this period of the, when Elijah prayed and there was no rain. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. Same period as the Great Tribulation, that second half of the Great Tribulation. 
What happened to Elijah and to the prophets of the Lord? They were preserved, spared. The Lord had his hand upon them. Do you remember? It was Ahab and Jezebel were on the throne. If ever there were anti-Semites, they were it. Two evil rulers who flooded Israel with idolatry. And Jezebel persecuted the prophets of the Lord. God's people were hunted and hounded. But we're told during that period that the Lord preserved his servant Elijah and he preserved his prophets. You remember he said there was a man called Obadiah and he was hid and other prophets with him in the caves in Israel. And then Elijah became discouraged and he thought he was all alone but then the Lord came to him in the wilderness. We've been reading of the wilderness in Revelation 12. The Lord comes to Elijah in the wilderness and he says, What doest thou here, Elijah? And then he says, Elijah, you've got it all wrong. You're not alone. There are 7,000 in Israel that have not bowed the knee to Baal. There's a remnant, Elijah. And at the end of the age, there will be a remnant. And uh, this remnant is made up of Messianic Jews. We're told that in verse 17. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Here are Jews who have turned to Christ, Messianic Jews, Jews who who have embraced Messiah Jesus And there's this remnant, one third of the the Jewish population of the world. You see, it's amazing what actually happens is that the Lord preserves these Jews who are saved. And all the Jews who survive this end times holocaust, every one of them know Christ. And they enter with him into the millennium, the thousand year reign of Christ. As soon as the great tribulation comes to an end and Christ returns to the earth and sets his feet on the Mount of Olives, this, this group of people, this one third of Jews, the Jewish population... Some, some estimate that it may be in or around the region of 5 million Jews. But we don't know the exact figure. That's for the Lord to decide. But every one of them know Christ. They're all born again. You see, it says in Romans chapter 11 that all Israel shall be saved. I often wondered about that verse of Scripture couldn't understand it but it's all part of the end times jigsaw yes the beast the antichrist has wiped out two-thirds of the world's jews but one-third remains they've been preserved by the lord and every one of them are believers in messiah jesus and so scripture is right when it says that all israel shall be saved 
what about you? Are you saved? It's good. It's important that we talk about the Jews, that we talk about the end times. It's important that we talk about these things, but let's bring it home today to new buildings. What about you? Are you saved? Do you know Christ? If death should come for you, and it could come, because as J.C. Ryle, the Bishop of Liverpool, said, he said that death is as near to the young person's back as it is to the old person's face. It's as near to the young person's back as the old person's face. If death should come, are you ready? Are, are you saved? I'm so glad that my father was saved. Saved as a boy of nine through a couple of faith mission pilgrims. And the Lord kept him through all the ups and downs of the Christian life. Oh, he wasn't perfect. He had his flaws like everybody else. But the Lord was with him because he was saved by grace. And then last Saturday, just over a week ago, in Ward 3 North in Craig Avon Area Hospital, the Lord came down to take him home. My sister and one of my brothers were with him at the time, and they said that they had never experienced anything like it. The presence of the Lord in that little side room in that hospital ward was it was just something that defied description. They actually said that it was so wonderful, the peace of God in the room. As my father breathed his last breaths, they said the peace of God was so wonderful that they couldn't even cry. It's wonderful to be saved. I'm glad I'm going to meet my father again someday. We don't sorrow as those who have no hope. But what about you today? Perhaps you can think of loved ones who are in heaven. Unless you're born again, you're not going to meet them again. You need to be saved. If you want to be saved, speak to myself afterward. Come and I, I'm in no rush home. If there's anyone who wants to trust Christ, if you've questions, come and speak to us after the service and come and be saved. Oh, be saved, his grace is free. Oh, be saved, he died for thee.